Warriors, Warriors, come out to play. Show me you want to be here. Show me you want to win. Show me you want to, you have that killer instinct. I do look at myself as being one of the most dominant fighters in MMA history. He didn't know it was going to be a buffet, though. He thought it was going to be a three-piece. Now you're getting the whole MGM Grand Buffet to the face, man. Everyone, welcome to the RJ Ringside Podcast. It's your host, Heidi Fang here, and I'm joined with our MMA writer, Adam Hill, and our boxing writer, Sam Gordon. We're going to get you up to date on all things here, and we are brought to you by betonline.ag. And we are brought to you by Deal Dash, DealDash.com. Let's get into some things here, guys, that are happening around the combat sports world. First, Sam, I want to go to you and see there's been a few like little updates going on with Roy Jones Jr. and Mike Tyson. And Dana White even came out to speak about it. He thinks it's an interesting fight. Since we talked about it last on the show, what's the buzz that you've heard around this fight? And uh, what's new in terms of how it'll be presented? Yeah, so um, actually kind of an alternative format, right? Not not necessarily conventional pay-per-view. It will be available pay-per-view, but um, it's also going to be available with a, a new multimedia platform called Triller, which is a, kind of a startup thing. Uh, it's going to be promoting the fight with a 10-part docuseries that's going to uh, kind of dig in to, to where these guys were at. And, you know, you've seen these kind of build-up things before, right? HBO um, did a really good job um, when they were doing boxing of, of building up their fights and, and kind of giving you a documentary-style um, look, and I think with these two, um, considering what they've been through, their careers, how far they're removed from the sport, particularly Tyson, I think there's going to be a lot of interesting angles uh, that are going to come out of this doc, this docuseries as we lead up to the fight. But So definitely a, um, an interesting way and I think a really engaging way to promote this. Uh, they're, 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 I mean, while it's an exhibition, clearly with this, with this production, they're taking it really, really seriously in how they're promoting and selling the fight. It's going to be uh, $49.99 is, is what the price is going to be looking like. So yeah, I mean, it's it, it September 12th is coming soon and, and I'm looking forward to seeing these guys behind the scenes a little bit with this with this docuseries. OK, cool. So what else have you got for us on the boxing front, Sam? What's new here in Las Vegas? There were some fights here um, happening still this weekend and also what, what's new here on the boxing? Yeah, front? I think a, cu- a couple big things we just want to touch on quick is um, Errol Spence Jr. is getting back in the ring on November 21st. Uh, he's going to be fighting Danny Garcia. And, and, and this is big because, as we know, Spence. Um, in that dramatic victory over Sean Porter last year, the, the unified uh, welterweight champ, he, he got in a car accident, a uh, drunk driving car accident, really, really serious. And um, it's, you know, good to, to see that he's making his comeback. And, and he's not coming back with any type of, of tune-up or any, you know, subpar opponent. I mean, Danny Garcia is a, is a former champion. is one of the top fighters in the division. So, so that, that, that's something to look forward to this fall, November 21st is the date on that. And, and then we have a little bit of news uh, with uh, Teofimo Lopez and, and Vasily Lomachenko. Uh, that, that fight is up in the air right now. Um, you know, Mike Coppinger with The Athletic reported that, that, Loma, uh, that Lopez, rather, is, is unhappy with his, um, with his split. He, he's getting offered $1.2 million, and Lomachenko is looking at between 3 and 3.5. And, uh, and I get that from, from Lopez's perspective, right? I mean, he, he's carrying the fight as much as Lomachenko. He doesn't, maybe doesn't quite have the billing or the profile that Lomachenko does yet, but he is a rising star, and, and I can't blame him for wanting a little bigger piece of the pie. So um, depending on what top rank does, if how they – are they going to be willing to work with him, uh, give him a little bit more money? If not, he's you know he's open to other opponents and opening open to maybe moving up to, to 140, which which would be an interesting dynamic. I think 135 right now is is maybe the most interesting interesting weight class in boxing with, with Lopez – Lomachenko, you have Javante Davis, you have Devin Haney, 
you've got Ryan Garcia. And to lose Lopez, if he does indeed move up or if he moves up quickly and doesn't um, necessarily fight Lomachenko to, 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 to get him out of that weight class, if these marquee fights can't be made, would be really um, – it would be a bummer because that, that weight class, I think, has the potential to, to bring back some of that um, – to have some really great rivalries and Lomachenko is, you know, 32 and, and Lopez is 23. You want to get this fight done soon if possible. And, and if this, if this goes awry, I think it would be really disappointing because, because this is going to be one of the marquee fights of the year for sure. Yeah. So uh, I guess he feels that, you know, the 1.2 million is what I think they had agreed upon. It's not enough, but another interesting thing about this fight is that Bob Arum has said that it might not air on pay-per-view that it might be an ESPN card. So do you have any uh, insight on that or update on, on that? I mean, news? not necessarily a surprise, right? Just given the, um, that the ESPN fights, the ESPN regular fights, you know, the last six weeks, eight weeks before this little recess here, they weren't doing all that well. And, and I think before you can ask boxing fans to, I mean, do you want to ask them to pay forty nine ninety nine when they're not watching what you're, what they're not watching? You're not rolling out fights that are generating their, their interest, period. I don't know about that. So, I think it would be big. I, I think that that fight would definitely do numbers on ESPN regular. Um, so if if they get it done, I, I think that would be the way to go. Uh, I can understand why they wouldn't that, want that to be a pay per view fight, but I, I hope they get it done, Heidi. Really, I mean, this is a fight. It was supposed to happen in May uh, in New York at, at the Garden. I mean, it's supposed to be one of the marquee fights of the, of the year, a unified lightweight championship fight. And, and if this goes awry, um, very very disappointing. And and where does Loma, where would Lomachenko go? I mean, who wants to step up to fight him yeah. if it's not Lopez? So uh, that's that's definitely something worth monitoring the next couple of weeks. I mean, that fight was, was supposed to be here in Las Vegas uh, in the bubble. And, and if it doesn't happen, and I guess it doesn't happen, but I, I really hope it does. Sam, we, we, we talk about MMA and boxing here on the show, and I want to kind of get into a little bit of what you're talking about here with, you know, some fights coming up and uh, well, whether they're on pay-per-view or network and, and how they're working out, like how close uh, to official official, I guess we should say, is the Gervonta Davis and, and uh, Leo Santa Cruz fight? Because I've been looking forward to that. I'm excited about it. But I saw that they announced it as being potentially pay-per-view, uh, Showtime pay-per-view on October 24th. And now all of a sudden the UFC has probably their biggest show uh, of the year on pay-per-view that night, which... I, I can't imagine as much as I want to see Gervonta Davis, Leo Santa Cruz, I can't imagine it does any numbers going against Nurmagomedov Gaethje. So uh, this could be a real conflict coming up for uh, combat sports. It, it certainly can. It, it certainly can. And we saw a little bit of that um, this past year. You know, you talk about that conflict where, where Canelo Alvarez and Sergey Kovalev were fighting on the same night that uh, I want to say it was Diaz and um, Masvidal were fighting. And it held up. Yeah. The, the UFC card held up the boxing card because that's where we're at right now. Canelo Alvarez is boxing's biggest star, and, and Golden Boy and zone seeded the floor more or less to UFC. And, and like you said, Adam, um, um, that, that fight's official. I mean, that was announced. Showtime announced that as a pay-per-view. But Gervonta Davis, as much of a rising star as he is, I mean, he's not, he's not Khabib. He's just not. So uh, if, if, that, if that's the case and they don't adjust or, or make it a, a regular fight or non-pay-per-view, I think that the ratings are going to favor UFC once again because Khabib is – he's Khabib, all right? He, he's, he's at that point. He's a one-name guy, and um, that, that fight to me even, I mean, you know, as a boxing guy, um, that's a bigger draw. I mean, it, it, that's just what it is right now. So um, it, it's going to be up to, to Mayweather Promotions and Tank and, and Santa Cruz. I mean, how, how well are they going to promote that? Are they going to give themselves even a chance? I, I don't as, – as good of a fight as that is and as interesting as a fight as that is, given the circumstances of – 
coronavirus and things like that, and we haven't had the same marquee fights. I mean, it's not in a normal year. I don't think that would be a blockbuster matchup per se. So um, that's a, that's a fantastic point, and and it speaks again, like we talk about, to to what UFC does and and how they promote and and how they're able to to execute. Uh, and how they've taken the lead and surged ahead of boxing in terms of popularity. All right, right there. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about this Khabib Nurmagomedov, Justin Gaethje fight and what could be next in the future for Khabib as he looks to maybe retire after the next two fights. So stay tuned right here on the RJ Ringside Podcast. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day and all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online wagering solution. Have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's one of the best bidding sites where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at zero and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts after 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, DealDash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign up on top of their other discounts. Go to DealDash.com and use the offer code. Welcome back to the RJ Ringside Podcast. It's Heidi Fang here with Adam Hill and Sam Gordon, and we're going to get a little bit into the upcoming fight that Adam had just referenced there that may happen the same night as a big boxing card. That one being UFC 254, Saturday, October 24th. It is now official, a lightweight unification bout between Justin Gaethje and Khabib Nurmagomedov. Khabib's still undefeated 28-0 and and has said, Adam, that he might step away in two more fights from the game and there's a lot of talk that if he gets past Gaethje, which is a big task within itself, that he may look to take on George St. Pierre. Uh, that's kind of the talk leading up to this. What have you made of all of the, the chatter about Gaethje and then Khabib wanting this matchup with GSP? Yeah, I, I find it very fascinating. I think everybody's kind of calling out GSP right now. That's who uh, that's who Usman wa- wants to fight and uh, clearly that's who Nurmagomedov wants to, wants to take on as well. Uh, and there's a reason, uh, a lot of money, uh, and not only a lot of money, but you're you're you have a chance to solidify your legacy against somebody who has only fought one time in like the last six years. Uh, you would see it as not an easy matchup, but uh, a chance to have a victory uh, against a you know Hall of Fame legend uh, in the sport. And you know, 20 years from now, when you look back, nobody's thinking, "Oh, that was that was George St. Pierre when he was way past his prime." People are like, "Oh, he beat George St. Pierre." So I think that's. Uh, that's kind of why, uh, in addition to the money, everybody kind of is going after George St. Pierre right now. That's part of part of what they're doing. But uh, the Nurmagomedov one is is intriguing to me uh, because I, I don't know what the benefit of St. Pierre fighting Usman would be. Like, why would George St. Pierre come back to fight Kamara Usman except for money, which I don't think he necessarily needs. Uh, Nurmagomedov is different. Like, Nurmagomedov is a chance for George St. Pierre to really, really take that next 
uh, step of like you know you can you can easily make the case of greatest of all time at that point uh, if you if you got that win. So there's more I think to the Saint Pierre uh, coming back to fight Nurmagomedov than anything else. And and on the Nurmagomedov side, you know his dad just passed away. You know obviously uh, from coronavirus, it was a tragic situation uh, for Nurmagomedov and his family. And he always wanted Khabib to retire thirty and zero. That was always his dream uh, to go thirty and zero and and then walk away. And he's at 28 now, so beat Gaethje, and then you got one more fight. So what do you want to do with that one last fight? I mean, a legacy fight like George St. Pierre makes so much sense in the world. Uh, a rematch with Connor makes sense, but Nurmagomedov doesn't seem uh, too keen on giving Connor that chance. Uh, so there's some other possibilities out there, but uh, I think George St. Pierre would be the the crown jewel, uh, the ultimate goal of what Nurmagomedov would want to do with that. And last Adam, fight. Adam, quick, Adam, quickly, um. Quickly, where you know you talk about legacy, right? Like, like I just mentioned, Khabib is a one-name guy right now. If he doesn't get that Saint Pierre fight and finish his career, finish his career with somebody not not quite as esteemed, where does he fit in in that all-time conversation? Where do you see him? And Heidi, you as well. I mean, you two have been covering the sport as long as anybody. Where where's his legacy at at this point in time? Well, to me, he. I mean, he's been the number one fighter for a long time, and I know. Uh, you know, people go with John Jones. People go with the old school guys too, like George St. Pierre. <clears throat> Excuse me. They, they mention, you know, everybody has their favorites um, among among that group of like who the best of all time is. But to me, he's been the best fighter. He's he's the most dominant fighter that I've witnessed uh, that I've seen. Uh, but I think you just you look back at legacies and when it, you know when it, these things aren't evaluated until way down the road. And I think when when you have a guy uh, do what you know John Jones has done in his career and yeah it's been checkered by some stuff outside the cage but it was just a murderer's row a who's who of former champions and legends on his resume back to back to back to back and i think in the end that would probably win out legacy wise over namagomedov's list uh, even though he has you know some really good fighters on there and if he get you know he got through connor he gets he gets through uh Gaethje, he gets through uh, one other big fight. I mean, yeah, it's going to be there. But I just think when you look back and analyze uh, in the future, you would look back and say, man, the, the guys that John Jones beat, the guys on his resume are just so far above and beyond sure. everyone else. But Heidi, that, that thing that Nurmagomedov has is that zero. Yeah, but I think uh, to be fair, John Jones would have had one too. But there was a whole yeah. rule about these elbows that got in of the course. way. <laughs> yeah, for those that don't know, John Jones' one loss in his career uh, was a fight that he probably – I'm trying to think back what the punch stats were. He probably landed like 250 shots to like three. Mm. Yeah. But lost, but lost on a disqualification yeah. because he, he had a series of like 14 elbows in a row and one of them was illegal and it was the deciding blow, which it was. I mean, he, he you know. He really he was yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, Matt Hamill was out, but hey, in, in the end, it was re- it was awarded a disqualification. John Jones gets that loss, and that's gone. But again, I think when we're talking about legacies, like you, we all know that. Like all the people that f- that follow MMA closely know that. But when you when you put the legacy side by side, you're like, oh, he's got a loss, and it's it's hard to explain. Like, well, he really doesn't. I mean, it's really not. It was a technicality. Uh, that zero is such a powerful thing in combat sports, which I think is insane, but it just is. Yeah, I have always led with John Jones as well, but you have to 
I mean, Adam, I've always given you a hard time over the argument of Khabib being the pound for pound number one guy, but I think it's come to the point where I can't any longer defend that, except to say, hey, John Jones's one isn't really a one. But, you know, when, when you look over just the competition that Khabib has faced, and I think a lot of people will say, well, we still want to see Ferguson and, and Khabib, yeah, but that, yeah. that ship has sailed. When, G- when Gaethje beat uh, Ferguson for me, that ship sailed, and I think it's it's one of those fights that sure it would still be entertaining to see. I think they're both in their prime enough to try to make it happen. But if Khabib's really going to retire after the next two fights, I don't see that being something that we actually have come to fruition as combat sports fans. I just don't think it's there, but to Sam, uh, your question, I do think that Khabib has developed enough of a legacy right now to go walk away. If he can go walk away 30 and 0, that he would be the UFC's and possibly one of MMA's top fighters of all time, because there's a, a lot of fighters in that realm. When you start going down the list of who's the number one fighter of all time. And I think Khabib would fall in there and somewhere in the top five. Uh, by the way, are you saying I was way ahead of the game on Khabib? I guess I would have to eat my uh, crow, is what they call it, Adam, and, and say yes. <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to agree to it then. And, you know, when he, when he was 20-0, I mean, I think you and I have been a MMA team for at least since he was 17-0. and And when all of that was going on our way, there was still a guy like Demetrius Johnson in the game who was at the top of the charts and pound for pound rankings as well as John Jones. So there were a lot of other people, I think, that were still making the case for that. And I think if John Jones walks away right now and he has said that he's done, then, yeah, I think Khabib does take that spot. You win. I, I, I get things right so rarely that I just need to... <laughs> Fast for the moment, my friend. Yeah, Yeah, and you know, you brought up Connor in there. And so I have to get to this because you spoke to Dana White this week, Adam, about Connor McGregor, who put out another, I think, kind of not cryptic tweet, but one that said agreed or, you know, and I wanted to get um, find out from you what all of that was about with Connor. And Dana says there really aren't any plans, but he, but he would welcome Connor back. So what is going on with Connor McGregor now, who always manages to keep his name in the game, no matter what's going on? Well, th- I mean, this involves Sam, too. So we can uh, have him chime in because we I, don't, I have no idea if it's close, if it's done, what they're planning on doing. Uh, but it's clear what Connor is teasing. Like Connor is teasing that he's fighting Manny Pacquiao. Uh, that is, that's what he's trying to put out there. That's what he's trying to make people believe who knows if it's true or not. Uh, but that's what, that's what he is at least letting on right now that it's Conor McGregor, Manny Pacquiao, uh, in boxing and it's going to be crazy. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to see it. I have zero interest in it except from the standpoint of, you know, people will, uh, flock to articles and in our podcast and hear about it. But, uh, I just, I think. This is just absurd. Like we we know that he can't box. We saw him try against Floyd. I don't need to see it again. Uh, Sam, are you in? Are you hearing anything on the boxing side of this? Uh, just just what you have is, is that you know rumors. I mean we've I mean Connor has been teasing, um, as we know, uh, another boxing fight for a, a really long time. There was that Floyd post at the end of last year that he was coming back and that it was going to be to fight Connor again or, or whatever that they were going to have some type of series. I, I don't know, but but I'm with you, Adam. I don't want to see this at all. Um, Manny Pacquiao is one of the greatest pound-for-pound boxers of all time, and, and Connor 
we, we saw what he could do. And that was, and Floyd didn't even train. Floyd didn't take that fight seriously at all. Floyd didn't, barely even trained for that fight. If it, if it hardly trained at all. And, and it was an exhibition for Floyd. For That was an exhibition for the fans. It was a, a big paycheck for both of them. Uh, I, I think, uh, like you said, it would be a spectacle. It would bring some attention to the sport. Uh, but from a competitive standpoint, there's nothing there. So you know, I don't need to see this again. I would rather see Manny Pacquiao against somebody in the, uh, you know, a Terrence Crawford or a, an Errol Spence or even a rematch against Keith Thurman. And I'd rather see Conor McGregor back in there with somebody get back in the cage against somebody if, if he wants to fight. So I, I guess the, the one other, the one other thing you could look forward to is everybody out there listening can make money. Uh, Conor McGregor has zero chance of winning <laughs> that fight. And it was, it, it was posted at the Westgate, uh, the Superbook here in Vegas at, uh, at Manny Pacquiao minus five dollars. That's preposterous. It should be Manny Pacquiao minus five million. Uh, but the, the problem, the problem is, last time they put up, you know, Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather. They put Mayweather at minus twenty five hundred, mm. uh, which was way too low. Uh, but of course, nobody wants to lay twenty five hundred. So every single bet came in on Conor, and in the end, you could have laid minus four twenty five uh, was the lowest they got on Floyd Mayweather, which is. The greatest bet in the history of sports betting. It was the easiest money that anybody's fight. ever made, and it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be the same again because uh, I talked to the guys the other day. Uh, the number is up, as I said, minus five dollars for Manny Pacquiao. Ten bets have been put in, all ten on oh, Conor wow. McGregor. <laughs> Here we go again, okay. huh? Yeah, it's ridiculous. I don't know what what on earth did you see. Out of Conor McGregor, you're like, oh yeah, I think he can win a boxing match against one of the one of the best of all time. Did Floyd carried him for four rounds, or yes. By the way, Manny, you could say Manny Pacquiao was washed. He just beat Keith Thurman. Yeah, yeah. Keith Thurman would murder Conor McGregor. Like that's insane. What are we doing here? Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. Uh, Keith Thurman was a champion in his prime, and Pacquiao put him down in like the first. I can't remember if it was the first or second round. He put him down immediately. Uh, Manny Pacquiao, there's there's levels, right? Manny Pacquiao's been boxing for 30-plus years. Conor's been doing it, you know, rec- kind of for a few. You know, I, I know there's part of his game in the cage, but there's levels. It's just different. Like you said, I, I it would be nothing to see. Manny Pacquiao would, just, would clean him out, uh, and I hope it doesn't happen. Well, I think the only reason it would happen is because both of them would see a nice paycheck involved, and it would be another one of those. Yeah, another one of those, hey, we both can get our name out there. We both stay relevant. We both have a good exhibition fight, and everyone makes the money. Good, good. We better get a bunch of buys. Everybody wins. So I think that would be the case in which we see it. But, and you know, when we're talking about real fighting, um, not that this wouldn't be real fighting, but bouts that are something that have something on the line, Those uh, these two would not match up as any sort of big competitive out, if you will. So uh, last thing I want to touch on, Adam, before we walk away here from the RJ ringside today is Cormier and Miochik. That happening on August 15th, coming up in a couple weekends here. Um, this one, what's the line been on this fight so far? Have you seen uh, right now who's been booked in as a favorite? Is it a pick What are we looking at when you look at the line for uh, Miochik and Cormier? Yeah, it's been it's been fairly close. Been going back and forth. I'm trying to get you the uh, the very current odds as we speak right now. So I'm kind of 
uh, delaying a little bit here, Heidi. This is uh, what we call the business billing. <laughs> well, I was uh, thinking to, uh, about sign-offs and, you know, competitive ones. And- of course. Of course. Yeah. Actually, it's, uh, it's pick at most spots, but uh, there is a, a little bit of movement right now. The money is a little bit shaded to Cormier, so he's a very, very slight favorite in a couple of locations. It's, it's exactly a pick em. Uh, in some other spots. So uh, makes some sense because we've seen him fight twice. We've seen the fights go two different ways. And I think uh, you could absolutely make the case on either guy based on the previous performances. And uh, I, I just think it's going to be a, a fantastic matchup uh, on a on, you know card that's coming together a little bit with, you know, a rising star like Sean O'Malley being on the, on the card. I think people want to tune in and see him. Some of the work that he's done has been very, very impressive, uh, but it's all, all about Cormier and Misic, which is going to be, uh, I think just a, another classic and possibly the last fight for both of them, really. But I, I think it would make sense if Cormier wins and walks away. Uh, Miasic seems to be at a point where he's like, you know what, this one big fight, maybe I walk away after this, I, I don't know. Uh, but it could be the last fight for both of them. You mentioned Sean O'Malley as a young talent, and I just have to say this, that I had realized that he was born the year I graduated high school. So, Wow. <laughs> Thank you, Sean O'Malley, for making my day. Um, You know, uh, I I think this one is one that's going to be probably what the final fight for both of them, right? That we've been discussing. So uh, it's not going to be a matter of who wants it more, who has more of a legacy to leave behind. I think Daniel Cormier has accomplished so much in his entire career. If you start from what he's done with wrestling all the way up to being a, a double champ in the UFC and even whether or not he walks away on a win or a loss, I don't think he'd have much to lose. And Stipe, well, we know he's got, you know, his firefighter journey. He has a, a family out there that, you know, he, he goes home to and they've bought a huge, big property, um, you know, out there in Ohio. So I think for either of them, they, they're pretty set up in what they are going to do with their future. Daniel being, you know, analyst right now and working with ESPN a lot and he's got that show with Ariel Hawani now so I think the two of them no matter which way you look at it have left a legacy have set themselves up for the future so I, I think at this point it's just gonna get who gets the the final win in that trilogy Sam is there any particular one I know you watch these fights so is there any particular one you would lean with in this Ooh. um no, I'm, I don't know. I, I coin flip to me. I'm not sure which way I go. I got to think about that. Okay, we'll do it again. We, know, we have a couple weeks here to the fight. I have an answer for you next week. How about that? Okay. Wow, what a, what a tease. What a pro you are. <laughs> and on that, I'm going to wait to give out mine as well next week when we return here on the RJ Ringside. But that'll do it for us today here on the show. Give everybody a follow at Sam. By Sam Gordon at Adam Hill LVRJ, and I'm at Heidi Fang. And you can check everything out that the guys are doing and writing and putting up on ReviewJournal.com and in print as well. So thank you everybody for listening, and we'll be back next week.